This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another book episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. I'm Sensei Tracy. And I'm Sensei Jim. And you know us as the book crew. Sensei Jim, what's our book today? Today we are doing Three Budo Masters, and we're going to focus on Funakoshi today. So the second master. The second master of the three, and this book is by John Stevens. And the reason we're focusing on Mr. Funakoshi today is because we've already done the first master, Jigoro Kano. I hope you listened to our episode on Mr. Kano. If not, it'll be tagged in the um, show notes. In the show notes. I couldn't think of those words. <laughs> okay. If you are a book episode listener, you know that we have a pattern. And the first thing we tackle is, was there anything about Funakoshi's section of the book that bothered you? Anybody want to go? For me, I it, nothing about it bothered me. I really enjoyed reading it. He was cool. Yeah, I liked him too. He was my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. But now I'm given spoiler alerts. That's right for our <laughs> next episode. I um, did not dislike anything particularly about Gitchin Funakoshi. What I find really interesting about John Stevens is that this book seemed to me like three separate term papers. The uh, style of writing in each one was slightly different. His attitude toward the participant was different. And in this one, he seemed the most even. But ah. but I, I do feel that um, the book itself was strung together as if he had written three separate things in there. Let's just publish it like that. I think that's a good opinion. And I probably at that time, a lot of karate books were not published. And so they had to grab what they could. Right. Yeah. What was the year that this first came out? Because we said that in the other one. Anybody know that? I don't remember what I'll look. 1995, first edition. So it's kind of new. It was still prior to Google search. But 1995 is relatively new. I think it was sort of the dawning of the age of internet. Right. Um, you weren't searching like we do. That's correct. So it was it was the beginning, but I agree with Sensei Tracy. They, they probably picked what they had available. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm looking at the publisher and it's Kodansha International, which is a publisher I have never heard of. Oh, really? So, yeah. I wonder so, if they're still around. I don't know. So that, that could be also a reason. Okay. So I'm going to give a heads up to the audience. We are looking at books. They're in our hands. So you're going to hear pages turning now and then. So cope, you know, the best you can. (laughs) We'll do our best to keep it to a minimum, folks. I do have a bothersome thing in the Funakoshi episode in that he spent about four or five pages talking about the politics between the small island of Okinawa and the main island of Japan. And I thought it was really distracting to the story of Funakoshi, who is a very, very interesting practitioner Mm -hmm. and inventor of the style Shotokan. I agree in that in that section, there were a lot of people mentioned and a lot of names and a lot of concepts, even to the part of uh, cutting the top knots. Yeah, off, mm-hmm. they go over that. Off the uh, hair. Samurai. The, yes. And, it, and was it a Chinese style or a Japanese style? So it almost had a personal flavor to it, like he was venting towards something or someone mm-hmm. that irritated him somewhere down the line. That's a good point. I found it distracting. That's all. And I was so happy I finally got through it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's too, too. But I'm trying to be a good book reader and not just skip over the parts I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Always easy. Yeah. Okay. So 
Are we going to start with um, the things we liked? Sure. Why not? All right. You go first, Senator Jackie. I liked that Funakoshi revered his wife, that he taught her martial arts, and that the community believed in her the same way they believed in him to resolve disputes. I just thought that that was such a strong thing for a woman at um, the turn of the 20th century. That made my list right there. Oh, yes? I'm showing it to her. Okay. Also, his teacher, Azato, trained his wife, and his wife was also a teacher. I just thought that was amazing. At that time, for sure. It's very cool. I liked the way that they described karate's evolution in Okinawa and how the different places contributed to it, Japan and China. And Yeah, that was uh, very interesting. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And how you can kind of relate that to the way we are today, because whether you like it or not, things meld. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And become something completely different. Okay. What do you think, Sensei Jim? You got something? Or well, should we push? Uh, continuing on what Sensei Tracy said about the evolution of karate, I liked how he kind of made it a system and codified it and put it in writing, kind of. Well, first off, isn't he considered as the grandfather of karate? Father. Ah, I stand the, completely corrected. The organization that he put into it. Right, yeah. Organizational. And did he not write the book, Karate Do, My Way of Life? Yes. yes. Which yes. is the greatest book. book. Maybe we should put that on our list. Oh, uh, maybe so. But we don't want to get all Funakoshi oriented, yeah. right? But he, I mean, he was an amazing organized practitioner and his thing was karate, not making it popular. It just happened because he loved the art. And I love the purity of his journey. Yeah. Which is, I think, where you're going. And I also like the fact that it talked about how he trained his whole life. Yeah, He was very healthy his whole life. In fact, at one point, he said that the practice of karate is the best medicine there is. Yes. And, and we all agree with that. Yes. Living example. And he didn't yeah. even get to Japan from Okinawa until he was in his 50s. Right. So yes. he was in his prime in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And going to the, do you say it, Kodokan? to do demonstrations and starting his own school. And that was a lot. Yeah. I like that he struggled a lot in his life uh-huh. and that despite all of the struggles, he still kept training. Right. He didn't yes. let it go. He didn't say I'm too tired. I'm too <laughs> poor. I'm too this. I'm too that. He just did it. Yeah. No identifier. Yeah. yeah. Right. Things. I love that about it. And I loved how the book brought the people together. I liked that where he, he did talk about all the people that Funakoshi touched and also influenced him. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with my favorite like is that we did do a whole entire episode on um, Master Funakoshi and Shotokan. And the things I read in this book, none of them were things I found in the research for the episode that we did, which we'll also tag below if you turn out to be a fan of Master Funakoshi. So like you, I think his the fact that he was a lifelong practitioner is something I completely respect. Yes. Absolutely. And I think, which maybe is sort of a a spoiler for the next episode, both Kano and Ueshiba were children of wealthy men. Funakoshi's father lost all the family money, as it says in there. And he had a different view. He had to really work for every single thing that he wanted. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Much more practical um, approach to the art. Okay. Can I say one more like thing? (laughs) I know I'm liking this section too much. I apologize. So I wrote here that I specifically like that Master Funakoshi's teacher, Master Azato, stressed both kata repetition 
and the need to carry yourself in a dignified manner. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. And, cool. and and don't you think that everything in this section points to his um, his dignified manner, how he kept his place spotlessly clean? Yes. 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 All, the pictures of him, his, his kimono is just perfect. His mustache is groomed. It's, it's said in one of the pictures that he took an hour in the morning. For wow. personal grooming. Wow. That blew me away. I kept thinking, wow. That's a little longer than me. <laughs> Even if I got to put on makeup, that's a lot right. longer yeah, yeah, than yeah. me. Long okay. Are we ready to push the quotes? I think sure. we can push the quotes. All righty. I know we've got some good ones. While you guys look up your quotes, I'm going to say one of the fun things I really enjoyed was that Master Funakoshi trained with Higanona and Chojin Miyagi. And for those of you who understand the lineage of Goju, that is right in the line of USA Goju Federation, our yes. style. Yep. So it was, you know, kind of like coming home. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed that. The, and yes, and when you see a name in a book that you're familiar with, it's like, all right, I already knew who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I got that on my test right. Right. Okay, Cynthia Jim, where are you going? I'm going to go to page uh, 77 at the top of the page. I'm going to read this paragraph. At the Shotokan, Funakoshi Sr. was known as the Old Master and Funakoshi Jr. the Young Master. Those titles hinted at a clash between generations. When students would crack floorboards with their stomp kicks, Funakoshi Jr. would yell out in praise, Good, good. But if Funakoshi Sr. was leading the class, he would scold, What is the matter with you? That is too much force, too much force. For the father, the heart of karate was kata training practical self-defense, and character development. He said, technique does not make the man. The man makes the technique. I love that. I love that. I know. In that, I can have a favorite part. Absolutely. I, I think my favorite part there is the heart of karate is character development. Yeah. You know, that we, when we were talking about what we liked about the book, I neglected that. And that actually probably is my favorite part because that, to me, that's what karate is. It's a martial art, but it's, it's a living art. It's how to live. Yes. And that's what he did. Yeah. Yes. He was such a good example of what a karate life should be. And that is another whole part of him that we love. He lived what he wanted other people to do. Exactly. He didn't tell them to do it. Exactly. He was the example. Yes. What was Master Collegian's quote about the style? Who makes the style? We, this is the system. You are the style. Right. He would say, um, Goju is the system, but you as the teacher are the style. So each dojo you go to is a little different from mm -hmm. the other dojo, and you need to find the one that fits your style of training. Yes. And that seems to fit into that last sentence that you said, Sensei Jim, of what Funakoshi was saying about the technique. Technic about the technique. The man, yeah. The man makes yeah. the technique. Okay, yeah. I, I can see how they could be saying the same thing. And I, I, again, I think earlier today, before we went on air, we were talking about how you can twist and turn sayings to fight for your weaknesses, Absolutely. which we should totally do a whole episode on, by mm -hmm. the way. Oh, fighting for your weaknesses? Well, not just that, but how you can twist and turn sayings. Yes. Oh, yes, that'd be fun. <laughs> and so I could see here how somebody would twist it to say, I don't really need to learn more because right. I have enough, or I don't really need a good knife hand because my hammer fist will do the job or, or whatever. I could see how they could tweak it in the in the backwards way. Mm -hmm. But I can also see how each one of us who does exactly the same technique moves a little differently. Right. Absolutely. Right? And how each one of us has a different favorite technique Absolutely. in self-defense mm -hmm. or, or in sparring. In life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you picked a good one. 
Okay, Sensei Tracy, where are you headed? All right. Uh, I like one of Funakoshi's 20 principles of karate. This one is listed as number eight in the book, and it's never think that karate is practiced only in the dojo. The entire world is a dojo, and true karate training takes place 24 hours a day. Awesome. I especially love the end. Yes. Yes. The 24 hours a day part, right? And you know, Sensei Tracy, when when you've been teaching self-defense to non-karate people, we've been talking about your experience when you were flying and you had the nine-year-old boys (laughs) and how automatically your karate training taught you to not hurt him. He was nine, but to put him in an alternative to deadly force and take him to the authorities. And that is is exactly what you're saying here. Karate is is all day. And it also lends itself to the concept of character. Mm. You're working on your character all the time no matter what part of it you need to work on. And it can get tricky because one person can say, okay, I I really just need to be humble all the time, but maybe that's not what they need to be all the time. Mm, Maybe sometimes they need to boost up their courage or their um, confidence in another arena. It can get tricky. I'm just saying the longer you're in karate, the more, you know, that's true. Yes, absolutely. It surely can. But I also like the part about how you don't have to be in the four walls. In, in our showdown test, and I, I'm going to say probably in the other tests that we give at high ranks also, I, I asked the students to define the dojo. And I was so pleased that the last three that came through did touch on the fact that that, that you are the dojo. Yes. Right. You carry it with you. And I was just like, yes, awesome. <laughs> we hit one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sensei Jackie, you're up. I am the corollary to you, Sensei Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Before you say what the corollary is, Tell us what is a corollary. It's something that adds to what she said. Okay. So she's tagging on to Trace. I got it. it. (laughs) I'm her wagon. (laughs) (laughs) And it's number 16 of the precepts. Step out the door and you face 10,000 foes. So it's... Uh, Read the rest of that. This is another maxim that underlines the necessity of being vigilant at all times and taking nothing for granted. Yes, that is so true. And sadly, every day that I go anywhere, I see the need. Whether I'm driving, walking, walking into a store, keeping myself aware. Self-defense-wise. Self-defense-wise, yes. But it also gives you an opportunity for kindness Mm -hmm. to be be in the moment and to be aware, right? Kindness and uh, appreciation and gratitude, all of those things at the same time. For once, Jackie did not hit on her favorite word, which is empathetic. And empathy. (laughs) (laughs) It's in there. Whenever I think of empathetic and out in the stores and stuff, I always think, feel how the cashier feels for five seconds. Right? Working their tail off. Horrible. And not not everybody is being nice to them. Oh, I try to say something nice to them all the time. All the time. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in the 70s are my pages, not the years. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm going to quote from the book, and within the quote of the book, he has a quote. I know. It's a quote within a quote, and you're confused already. The book says, Funakoshi, and they did not call him Master Funakoshi. I tried to, but it's tricky. So they say, Funakoshi preferred to interpret his new version of karate as signifying empty-handed technique. And I'm going to stop my quote right there and say that was one of the things you liked because I believe you you remembered um, Sensei Jim that he was responsible for the calligraphy switchover. Yes. 
Yes, the Kanji yes, Shui. Yes, right? Because yes. it originally signified Chinese hand. And he created the empty the hand. Empty hand. Right. Yeah. So having said that, I'm going to start this again because I, I also like that part and we forgot to mention it. Overall, we're saying we recommend part two of this book. Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so preferred to interpret his new version of karate as signifying empty-handed technique, but also, and here's the quote from Master Funakoshi himself, empty of selfish and evil thoughts, empty like the hollow bamboo, yet straight, pliant, and unbreakable, and empty of self-being, synonymous with the truth of the universe. Okay, so I'm going to say, I know that's highfalutin, and I know my, none of us are actually going to mm-hmm. be so highfalutin, but it's a good goal, right? Yeah. And and every time we look at the empty circle, we can think of okay. that quote. But we have to explain the empty circle, which I believe we did an episode on. I think we did do that. And i trying to remember who was the empty circle. Did I get that from Musashi? I'll look back and I'll tag it in, guys. But the empty circle represents... The idea that the person is aware of everything, but attached to nothing, ready for any adaptation at any given moment. And boy, that's a tricky business if you can get it. Mm, Okay, I interrupted. And you were saying. No, um, that was it. That, 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 That quote, when I read it, reminded me of our empty circle and the beauty of it. Again, it's highfalutin. You know, it's very Buddhist. Oh, good point. It is very oh, philosophical. I never thought about it that way. There's a whole school of thought that says that bringing philosophy into karate takes away from the fight. I personally would disagree with that because Master Collegian taught us the better the fighter you become, the more courteous you need to become. End of story. Yes. And the only way to sharpen your courtesy is to develop your character or vice versa. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. We could turn true. that yes. around yes. on yes. its head. So I disagree with the concept. I think traditional karate is important, but at a, that was a time back at the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s, where that whole battle was going on. Should we remain in the simple repetition, 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 and let the person find themselves or not find themselves right. within the character? Or should we make character as part of the dojo? And Funakoshi obviously was a proponent of you should have a good character. Oh, absolutely. It's funny because we're going through that same thing now with MMA. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Definitely. There's been a version of sport fighting, a.k.a. takeoff on boxing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Since a long time. I mean, before I was a karate person, so I'm going to say late 50s, early 60s, they were very into full contact fighting. And even what, like from Sensei Jim's quote in the 20s, when uh, Funakoshi was talking to his son, mm-hmm. you know, should we add more? I don't know if you'd want to call it fighting because they didn't really have sparring at that time, but more spirited movement in the dojo, or should we stay with the traditional? They really didn't have sparring at that time because sparring was brought in by um, Gojin Yamaguchi. Oh. Somewhere in here, he did say they rarely did free sparring in the dojo. Right. He let his. High-ranking students. students do it, and, right? And, and because they didn't have the protective equipment yet, yeah. Although they didn't wear protective equipment even in America Yama, until the fifties and sixties. Yamaguchi didn't care about protective equipment, yeah. and no. Masayama's style kyokushin still today, as far as I know, <laughs> does not. I mean, I haven't talked to any in the last ten years, but the last time I talked to one, they still they did bare knuckle, which is an excellent way for me to segue. If you're out there. And you're a practitioner of Kyokushin. 
please get in touch with us and tell us whether you are or are not wearing hand protection when you spar. And they do that all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. Uh, on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations or at Dojo Conversations at AOL.com. So going back to the book, we're all voting. This is a yes on this portion. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Going back to Kano, we liked it, but we didn't love it. Agree. Right. Where are you on that, Cynthia Jackie? Um, I liked the Kano part because I think he's an interesting character and he has just has so much influence on people and things to come. And as it turns out, he was really nice to um, other uh, karate people. Right. Yes, he or was. Or martial arts people, I, guess, I should say. He was very open to them coming, and especially if they were respected in their own community. Right. The thing about him, well, he only trained, what, 10, 12 years? Less. Sir, less. And less then than 10 he went years. on to this awesome life traveling. He became like yeah. the ambassador, the worldwide ambassador for Japan, right. basically. You got to go yeah. back and listen to the episode. Yeah. yeah. And I think so much, it's not so much about Kano. It's it's more like we were talking about at the beginning. It's the way that first section was written. That was oh, hard to get through. Really I think so. It was hard. hard to read. So there you have it. So far, two out of three, we're, we're saying this is this book's a keeper. Yes. yes. It's a nice way to learn about the people that were in uh, in early martial arts, mm-hmm. and it's easy reading. It was definitely easy reading. And if you're That's a karate student, you, you need to read this. Well, if you're a karate student, you need to have a little bit of background in your yes. art. Yes, that absolutely. Is, that I, I would agree with 100%. Mm-hmm. If you don't get it here, you're going to have to get it somewhere, somewhere else. Maybe they can get it on YouTube. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that. Next week, we're going to tackle Yuishiba and Akito. So let's see. Let's give him one little teaser. How about this one? John Stevens is an Akito practitioner, Ooh. the author. So, <laughs> And listen to one of the most miraculous stories you will ever hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in next week to get the end of this book and our take on John Stevens' words about the man who started the style he trains in. That's right. Whew, that was a mouthful. <laughs> okay, Sensei Jackie, let's do it. We would love for you to support Honor Athletics. They are wonderful. You can reach Cynthia at honor-athletics.com. And if you have trouble with the website, as some people have told me they have lately, you can call her at 770-945-5150. And please mention us, Wildcat Dojo, and she'll give you a 10% discount. Thank you, guys. Okay. As promised, we're not, I'm not thanking you for being here, although I do thank you for being here. So we're all just going to say our goodbyes and tune in soon. What are we going to say, Sensei Jim? Goodbye, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And on that note, I am signing out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.